college football and he played men's basketball. The Orange Revival is on 600 ESPN El Paso. of Hour 2 here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Jump back out to the phones right now and welcome in head coach of the Utah Minor football team, Dana Dimmel, for the second uh, of what's going to be an ongoing conversation. We're going to have every uh, afternoon at 5 to profile another position of minor football. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Cap. Good to talk to you. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Well, listen, we enjoyed yesterday's conversation. We thought it was terrific. Uh, And uh, as we mentioned, uh, the beautiful thing about these conversations is they're completely unscripted. We never know from one day to the next what you will be talking about. So that is where we will go into today's conversation. Since we started yesterday with running backs and we're leaving it completely open to you, where would you like to go here uh, on day two? Okay, so day two is going to be a position that on the field you could have two or slash three at one time. And um, that could be one of two positions, right? It could be one of three positions. But the one we're going to talk about today is we're going to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about the linebackers. Ah, so, I like it. Yeah. I like the it. Heart because all your defense, uh, just like I think that kind of matches up to the offensive side with the running back. So a lot to talk about uh, with the linebacking crew. We do have some guys returning that have starting experience, mm-hmm. and that's good. But we got a lot of new faces as well uh, that I'm really looking forward to watching them play and very excited about. So, you know, again, if we're in our odd stuff, you'll see three linebackers on the field. If we're in our even package, you'll see two linebackers on the field. And so in the odd package, it's the Sam to the strong side, the Mike in the middle, and the Will to the weak side. And if you're in the even package, it's a Mike inside position to the strong side, a Will to the weak side, and then there's a nickel uh, defensive back in the ball game in our even package. And so that's kind of, as people hear us talk about odd and even, you know, just a little bit more football talk and how that affects linebacker play. And so now, uh, many variables with that. So just interesting football talk there as well. So um, starting off with the Mike position, Stephen Forrester is a guy that's been in the program for a while and I think has had injuries until last year. You know, he was one of those guys you put him in and he wasn't a starter you know, midway through the season. He'd go and get a start and he'd have 10 tackles a game, you know, and just the kind of guy that I believe you build your whole defensive football team around because he has a lot of A.J. Hodgkins toughness, playmaking, uh, leadership abilities that we had in year one with A.J. I think Steven's going to give all of that in year two, in year three to us at this point. So, Steven, really excited about what he's bringing at the Mike position. You know, there's going to be definitely some really good backups for him at the Mike spot, um, and one of them 
that uh, is going to move back and forth between a Mike and a Will is a JC transfer, Tyrese Knight from Independence Community College. Tyrese uh, is 6'2", 235 pounds cap, so he's a big, impressive-looking player uh, that runs really well for his size as a physical type of guy. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to, to uh, Jim Center uh, earlier today about how I'm so excited to see our some of these JC guys we brought in get on the field, people are going to be impressed. And I think Tyrese is going to be one of those guys that stands out and does a really good job for us there. Uh, also, you know, at the Mike position, Cal Wallerstead, a, a son of, of Matt Wallerstead, our defensive line coach. Cal's a guy that I feel like is coming along really well in our program and has a chance to get in there and contribute to us and give us some reps at the Mike position as well. So between those three guys, I think we have some really good depth at the Mike position. The Will position, the Will linebacker position is spearheaded right now going in, uh, depending if we're in the odd or the even package. If we're in the even package, there's going to be heavy competition because Jason Van Hook, a returning starter that runs extremely well, will be at the Will position. So will Jerome Wilson, a redshirt freshman uh, from last year. 6'2", 225-pound guy that runs extremely well, uh, was a defensive back, moved down to outside linebacker in high school, played both positions, and now has grown into a very good-sized, tall, long linebacker. So uh, him and and Jason Van Hook will definitely battle at the will position, but you also have, when we're in our even stuff, Gary Seard, another player, linebacker that we had recruited out of junior college that we felt like is a, got a chance to be really, really good. And uh, he's also a very tall, long, athletic linebacker that will, you know, battle in that will position when, we, when we're in the nickel. Uh, when we go to the odd, now we go to three linebackers, and that's where we see Jason Van Hook moving from an inside position to an outside position and then a position where he can rush more from the Sam spot, which will make him more of a playmaker than when he's in the inside position. So in our odds, we feel like that creates some more playmaking ability out of a Jason Van Hook who runs extremely well and also out of a Gary Seard uh, who's very athletic. And then to top all this off, we brought in another junior college linebacker uh, um, out of uh, – uh, uh, out of um, California, another junior college guy out of the uh, San Francisco area, Connor Helsius, who is just an extremely talented attitude type of guy, and he's going to challenge at any of those spots, Sam, Mike, and Will, and he just has a motor that never stops as a weight room workaholic type of guy, and he's going to jump into that competition too, so uh, that is the headlining of our group. We also have Polo Ruiz, a, a local product that's got a lot of athleticism that we're looking to step up and help us there at that spot. And as Adrian had mentioned yesterday, I think it's good for us to talk about some of our new recruits. This is a position, Cap, where we've brought in three uh, linebackers that uh, all are going to bring a lot to the table. And then a fourth linebacker as well that's very versatile and can play various positions for us. So 
four new additions there. It starts off with Keontae Liggins, a local player from Andrus that uh, we're really high on. He looks the part. He plays with great motor. He's a great uh, young man on and off the field. Just got to see him again as our guys reported for their workout starting tomorrow, and Keontae's put some weight on. He looks fantastic. So excited about what he's going to bring to the future of our program. Elijah Robinson, a young man from California, another young man from California that uh, is a young, talented linebacker, Jacob Moy, another linebacker from California. They're from the same, same district, Elijah and Jacob. And then Xavier Simmons, another local product at linebacker, will be reporting here and working out as we go into workout. So we're very, very deep at linebacker and uh, can't wait to see all these guys get on the field. But that kind of rounds out that spot, whether we're in two linebacker or a three linebacker defense. Unbelievable when you talk about the number of players that could be playing the linebacker spot for you. And I noticed something that, you know, most of the players that you profiled just a moment ago, and really um, the names outside of one in particular, um, outside of Cal Wallerstadt, most of the guys we're talking about are 6'2 and 6'3. Now, Wallerstadt's a little undersized. He's 5'11". Um, but we've seen 5'11 linebackers thrive at UTEP in situations over the years, and size doesn't necessarily mean everything. But I'm sure for you, do you look at a guy when you've you got a great athlete, 6'2", 6'3", 220, 230, 240, and as long as they can hit and, and move well, you probably look at them as, as potential impact linebackers. Yeah, and there could be a time on the field when we line up with Tyrese Knight uh, Jerome Wilson and Gary Feard all out there. I mean, I'm just hypothetical right now because it's such a competition. I'm not saying by any means, you know, because the players listen to this and are aware of this stuff too. And so I'm not saying by any means this is all hypothetical. But there's a if those three guys line up on the field, you're talking about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, linebackers that are 225-plus that look like, you know, the SEC type of linebackers. And so – we got some body types. We're recruiting some body types that can come in and do some good things for us. Now, I'm not saying by any means that they're going to play ahead of Stephen Forrest or Jason Van Hook. By no means, I don't want anything to be misinterpreted. But there's some good-looking body types, and Keontae Liggins and, and Jacob Moy and Elijah Robinson kind of fall into that, our new recruits. So we're getting some body types. Uh, you know, we're changing. we're changing the focus of what we're bringing into the program. We're getting more and more athletic and and more and more accustomed to what I'm used to having play for that play for me Head coach Dana Dimmel with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue with uh, day two of our uh, minor analysis, looking at their linebacking core. Now, um, we haven't gotten a defensive lineman. We'll do that, and and we'll talk about the impact of obviously moving to four down linemen instead of three, wanting more of a pass rush on the quarterback. But that being said, of the linebackers you mentioned, who do you think have legitimate opportunities to be kind of players that can rack up sacks, blitz the quarterback, and, and really put some great pressure? That's a great question, Cap, because that's a big part of it. You know, I alluded to the – Sam, Mike, Will, and the odd stuff. And then so when we get into the odd stuff, that Sam position becomes a rusher that's going to do exactly what you said, create some pressure off the edge, and it's got to have that ability to do that. And so that's where I see a Jason Van Hook getting out of the element of having to play inside the box and using his speed and 
athleticism to rush off the edge. That's where I see Gary Theard being a guy that can do a lot of uh, make some big plays off the edge there. So I see all of a sudden some guys like that that will step up and be in a role that's very, very comfortable to them. And I think it'll really help Van Hook, where he was forced to kind of play inside last year because we didn't have the talent, you know, uh, to, to, to put him outside because of lack of, uh, of depth and talent, where now we got plenty of guys that can play inside where Van Hook and a Sears can come from the edge and create lots of issues for people uh, defensively. Theard and Knight, both the uh, JUCO players, how impressed were you when you watched them on film? Uh, you know, um, hugely impressed. You know, impressed enough that we were on some other guys that, like for Gary Theard, for instance, we chose to go on him over another linebacker that we were looking at, you know, very heavily. And, and uh, you know, the other linebacker ended up going to Southern Miss because we choose we, – we went after Gary instead, you know, and so some of these guys were very, very high on the young guys. Uh, just think they got a chance. Keontae, Elijah, Jacob Moy, they're all big, nice-looking young men that I think are going to be a really bright future for us and definitely guys that uh, when you walk in and see where our young talent is and what talent, kind of athleticism we have on the team, dramatically different, you know, than when I got here two years ago. Let's send it to Adrian in our Lubingo studios. I know he's got a question for you, Coach. Coach, uh, going back to your uh, 2018 year with A.J. Hodgkins, and you saw what he did on the field, co-led Conference USA in total tackles. Uh, How much of a difference does having an impact linebacker make to your team? Well, it's the heart and soul of your defense. That's why I switched over to it today. It's such a core of what you do. And, and, uh, you know, Stephen Forrester can be – can be a lot of that for us. You know, he really can. He's just so tough, and people feed off of what he does. And, and, and he cannot be under, over, you know, overlooked or underestimated. He just brings so much to the table. And A.J. was just so good for us at that spot. And uh, we need to get that type of mentality back in our defense that A.J. brought to us. And I think we will. I think we're putting the pieces together to be able to do that again, and, and then we'll be, you know, so much improved uh, offensively because we're just a third year into the system. So uh, we need that kind of leadership at the at the linebacker position. People, the whole defense is stimulated off of that kind of play. Do you have and foresee any of the freshmen this year coming in and making the kind of impact where they're going to try to vie for time in that rotation? I don't. I really don't, Cap. There's just too many names for those three young guys that we like so much to really surpass. You know, it's kind of like Willie Eldridge. You know, gosh, how are you going to hold Willie Eldridge out at running back because he's a big-time guy? You know, Adrian and I were just talking before the show started about how he had multiple, you know, Division One offers and, and, and Power 5 offers, you know, a lot like – uh, Dion did. So that's two years in a row we've signed running backs with Power 5 offers, you know. And uh, But these guys all have that kind of ability, but I just don't see them passing up the talent that's ahead of them right now that's been here or has more experience than they do. You know, I see those guys coming in and playing their four games as red shirts, helping us a lot in special teams with their athleticism, and then coming back and being in the program for four more years. 
I know you love your defense this season. You think it's going to be much improved from last year. Linebackers are obviously going to be the key to it. And uh, sounds to me like, just like we mentioned the running backs yesterday, you're pretty excited about this uh, this group of linebackers. I really am. Yeah, and I am excited about the defense. I think we've put together some real good pieces of of you know, the puzzle that we need to put back together and have the kind of defense. Because, again, everything for me feeds off of you know, what you do defensively. You know, obviously it's all about being a good football team. Is If you play good defense, you got a chance to be in every ball game. And I feel like we're going to look the part and have a lot of talent. And have So, you know, Cap, the thing we're going to have is so much more discipline. You know, it just shows in how we're performing academically and how we're doing things the way I ask our football team to do it. It is like night and day uh, right now, and that's really exciting for me uh, as we go into this season. Terrific stuff, Coach. Enjoyed the conversation today. We'll look forward to having you back tomorrow at 5 and find out the next position that uh, you're going to get a chance to talk a little bit more about. Awesome. Thanks, Cap. Appreciate it. That's head coach Dana Dimmel giving us uh, the lowdown on the UTEP linebackers today. 19 passed. We'll come back with more as Sports Talk continues. Jeff Erickson is standing by next from rotowire.com. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get ourselves another traffic update. It's the start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's just two hours today because we get you ready for the intersection coming up at 6 o'clock. But first, uh, let's jump back out to our phone lines right now and welcome back head coach of the UTEP Miners, Dana Dimmel, uh, for our third installment of our UTEP position-by-position preview. Coach, good to have you back. How are you? Cap, how's it going today? It's good to be here and and um, excited to talk about my team. Anybody that'll listen, I'm glad to talk. I love talking about my guys. Hey, tell me this, coach, and and I and, and I, you know, I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but how nice has it been these last two days to actually have clouds and some rain around El Paso? Oh, it's been great. I just walked out, you know, a little bit ago and saw that there was some cloud cover, and I'm like, wow, this is great. A little cloud cover feels so much better and as the guys are working out uh today you know it, it was good for them to have some cloud cover too for their first day back with their workouts i know you're excited about that aren't you it's so difficult when you're not working out this time of year and getting a chance to see the players uh back on campus and 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 doing some running i'm sure that uh that got you uh a little more um how can we sorry maybe fired up than normal yeah i really did it was great to watch them run today and Get out there and see some of the new guys that uh, that are back going. That was really really cool to get them out there and running and 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 see them moving around and then also see them in the weight room too. It's just good. It just you know it gets you excited because gosh darn, you know before you know it, the start of the season will be here. I mean it's hard for people to fathom that, but you know you got to we got to be prepared and ready because it'll be on us pretty quickly. Now yesterday we did linebackers. On Tuesday, we kicked it off with running backs. So, number one, you've already taken us on one offensive and defensive set of positions, which I love. So that completely uh, you know, makes today and every day a total mystery for us. If you're going to stay on defense, jump back to offense. So what are we thinking about here today, folks, in our position-by-position preview? Coach, what do, you, what do you have for us? Well, it's always fun for me because as I sit there and get ready for today, I'm sitting there talking to myself saying, well, who should we talk about today? You know, who, who do we want to hit today? So I think today, because I was really excited about watching them run this morning, 
is our offensive line, okay? And that's a position that, uh, gosh, that's what you talk about getting fired up. Boy, did I get fired up when I was able to see those guys out there running today all across the field in a straight line. And, uh, you know, 15 of them, I think, were back. 15 of them are back uh, working out. You know, four of them aren't here yet. Um, they'll be here on August 3rd, three of them, and, and another one that was already in the program. So, But it was 15 guys across the line, and they all moved really well. I was excited. I'm like, that's a good-looking group of offensive linemen right there. So we'll now tell me about- this much. Yeah. Uh, coach, because I want before we talk about this year's offensive linemen, and you've got some, yeah. you've got a great class, and uh, you know you've got juniors, you've got some sophomores, you've got redshirt freshmen, you've got a great yeah. mix of offensive linemen. But I, I want to bring up the line because last year we looked at that offensive line as one of the strengths to the team, veteran group, guys that uh, you know we thought would would really open up the offense a little bit uh, more than they had the first year. Why, when you look back on last season, do you think that at times the offensive line struggled more than we anticipated? Great question, Cap. Great, great question. Uh, I think for, for various reasons. I think you know, Darren Gatewood never got back to health that we thought he would come back from those knee injuries. You know, Gate played so tough and did so many great things, but his health never got anywhere back to what it could have been if he would have stayed healthy. You know, Ruben Guar got hurt and never really had the kind of season we thought he was going to have initially. You know, and so that was disappointing. I think Greg Long battled with injuries and and just didn't, you know, play up to the standards that we thought he was going to play up to. So those were those were some of the key things right there that, uh, you know, really affected the offensive line play. Those were some guys that we were counting on, and for various reasons, injuries or mostly injuries, they weren't able to perform to the level that we thought, you know. And so, as and that's a good point, but as we go into this year's, Offensive line, I think we're just so much more athletic. I mean, I just think we run so much better at every position. I was just watching the guys across the board, and, you know, it starts, you know, just going from right to left. It starts with Jeremiah Byers at right tackle. And Jeremiah is just, I mean, he's a beautiful-looking athlete that's got a chance to be a huge, big-time type of player, you know, and end up playing on Sundays. He really, really does. There's no doubt about that. And so he, he's got that right tackle spot, a good firm grasp on that, and just grow with him. Elijah Klein at right guard played a lot last year. He's really stepping up and developing into a top-notch player. I'm, uh, I'm talking about a guy that's as good as anybody has at the guard position. And the center position is the one I'm most excited about because we put Andrew Meyer there, and Andrew's pushing 300 pounds and can run really, really, really well. And so we got – uh, very mobile center, which is when you get mobile centers like Andrew, you can do a lot of different things offensively with them. You got Bobby DeHaro, the, the tough, toughest guy on our line, the, uh, the strongest guy coming back at left guard and, you know, has been playing since a freshman year, and now he's got a chance to really step up and, and have a really, really good uh, junior year. And then that left tackle spot start to leave Zuri Henry. What a battle. The, both those guys have proven they can play an extremely high level right there. So, Really excited about those two guys. And then Justin Mayers is an offensive lineman that we redshirted last year. He's 6'4", 315 pounds, moves really well, really impressive-looking player for us. I'm super excited about him. Robert Mervin, uh, a guy we redshirted last year, a center, a junior college center. He's 
he moves extremely well. He can play center guard. He's he was not eligible last year. He had to sit out last year, so he'll be able to play now and be a really solid player and, and battle for any of those starting spots inside. So really, really pleased with what he brings to the table. And then we just got um, signed Stephen Hubbard out of Kilgore, um, and I was watching him run today, and he's 344 pounds and moves really well at that size at the right guard spot. was a really good player for them, and, and I was really, really impressed with what I saw from him today. And then a, a right tackle that we brought in from American River, Tucker Dunbar, was working out today, and he's going to give us a good, some really good depth at that right tackle spot. So there's 10 guys right there, Cap, that are, you know kind of sum up our starting 10, you know, our, our first 10. And then, you know, we got Tristan Tuolulu, who's a local product that will give us some depth, some more depth at center. And Jaime Perales, another local product that's really come along that will give us some depth at at guard, and then Trace Barbosa, who we beat four or five Power Five teams on, and he's been battling injuries. Uh, when we signed him two years ago, he's back as healthy as he's been, and so he'll give us some more depth there, you know, at an inside position as well. So as you start to look at that, you know, just really a good group of guys that all run extremely well and can do some some really good things for us. Now, I noticed one big um, underlying factor when you mentioned and reeled off all these offensive linemen. Dardalee is the only senior in the group, and yeah, you are point. filled yeah. with redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen. You got a few juniors. So, I mean, this is a line that has the potential uh, to play together with the majority of them for the next three years. Yeah, and that's that's why you, as you and I have been talking, I, I say, you know, as we're as good as we're going to be this year, we're going to be so much better the following year because all these guys will be back. You know, we don't lose that many seniors off this year's football team, and so as we get to talking about other positions, it's just going to be how quickly our quarterback position comes along because we think we're putting the pieces together around the quarterback spot to be good for up you know not just this year but the years ahead we're not going to lose very much at all uh, after this season now i noticed when you talk about you know these offensive linemen um you're dealing with a lot of guys that are six three and up i mean ideally if you could build an offensive line uh is that about where you want to start height wise and just go up from there that's a good question because everybody has their own philosophies you know, obviously, I started as offensive line coach, have a ton of experience as offensive line coach before I became an OC and so on, uh, you know, up through my career. And uh, offensive linemen, for me, the height is not as big of a factor as it is the ability to run and long arms, okay? Because I've had six foot two, six foot one offensive linemen that have played 10, 12, 15 years in the NFL because they had 80 inch wingspan. And so the first thing we do is measure wingspan. The second thing we do is put a basketball in their hand and see how athletic they are on the basketball court. Uh, I don't want non-athletic guys on our offensive line. I do not want that. I want a guy that can dribble, shoot, run, change directions, bend, and has long arms. And I'm not as much caught up into the height because sometimes 6'2 guys can play like they're 6'6 because they got their 80-plus wingspan. So that's a big a big thing that we're looking for. Those are the characteristics, and I think that's great to talk about kind of characteristics that we're looking for in each one of these positions as we go through and preview them. And so that's what we're looking for out of offensive linemen. 
a great ability to process, ability to bend and change directions, long arms. Those are important characteristics for us. That's fascinating. I don't think I've ever heard of a, of a, a football coach tell me that when they're recruiting offensive linemen, they put a basketball in their hands to see what they can do with it. And that's, that's really interesting because sometimes you think of these guys, they're just they're big, they're massive, but you don't always know how well they can move with their lateral ability. But uh, you're looking for athletes. That's the number one thing you need at that spot, not just the height and the size. You want somebody that can handle it. And that's, that's really interesting to hear the basketball uh, comparison in terms of how you're recruiting players. Yeah, you know, a great story. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jeremiah Byers, okay? Jeremiah Byser, Byers is a big 12 offensive lineman. He's a, you know, he's a big-time, big-time athlete. When I went and saw him play uh, in Austin in high school, he was playing basketball. He'd go down the court, dribble between his legs, pull up, shoot three-pointers, knock the three-pointer down, hustle back, and now he's six foot four and a half, six five, three 325 pounds, okay? At that time, he was probably 285. To see a kid like that size be able to do those kind of things is exactly what you're looking for and kind of, you know, thing that lets me say that once he really learns how to play this game of football, his potential is endless, you know. Uh, so that's, that's what we're looking for, those kind of guys that can do some really good things. Zuri Henry's that kind of an athlete. He can really do some good things. And then we got Zuri's little brother, Azizi, coming in as a freshman this year. And Azizi's got a huge upside uh, as well. And we got Michael Flood, another freshman coming in from Arizona, from Phoenix, that we're real high on. And uh, we also got Ian Moses. Uh, we got uh, uh, him coming in, uh, another offensive lineman, uh, Ian James from, um, from Texas, that's really, really a good player for us. And Ian might be the best out of, uh, of all of them because he's a super good athlete as well. So I'm excited about the freshmen. Uh, coming in, I didn't talk about them much because there's so many. You know, we got 19 offensive linemen now, uh, Cap. So that's what we'll have in camp is 19 guys. And so that's a really good number to work with as well. More with Coach Dimmel as we continue going down the line and talking about that O-line. Uh, but first, let's go to Charlie 1 and get ourselves a, a traffic update here in our 5 o'clock hour. Charlie, how are we looking? Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Coach Dana Dimmel with us. We're talking about the O-line today, and you just heard the uh, breakdown starting with the uh, the 10 deep, and then a total of 19 players, a lot of freshmen in this group. You know, it's so interesting because in years past, I know that UTEP coaches would at times move players back and forth between the offensive line and the defensive line. Is that something you've had to do over the years, or have you always tried to keep players that are particularly standouts on one side of the line in that area and not move them back and forth? Well, I talked about how it's important to be an athlete on the offensive line, and so I know in years past, now I've gone through a lot of trends and coaching football because I started, you know, as a, as a graduate assistant in the late 80s. So I've been through the 80s as a young, very young graduate assistant, the 90s and the, and the first two uh, decades of this century. So I've been through some, you know, four different decades, really, of coaching football and seeing changes. There was a time when we really liked to move defensive linemen, high school defensive linemen, to offensive linemen and watch them develop as athletes. And so to me, that can happen. I'm not as much into juggling guys uh, from D-line to O-line on our roster, but 
one thing I learned, Cap, from Bill Snyder is that he was always one to say, hey, is this evaluate your personnel every day, and is this the best spot for this young man to help our football team? And he would visit and take position coaches to uncomfortable places sometimes because everybody wants to protect their guy. But he'd say, well, listen, if he's a backup for you at defensive line, then can he start for us at offensive line? You know, and so that's still in, you know, that's in my coaching DNA to, to evaluate and make sure we're using that pers- each personnel the best way we can. Coach Dana Dimmel with us uh, here on Sports Talk. Let's go to Adrian. I know he's got some questions for you as well. Coach, uh, going to Bobby DeHaro, getting a lot of preseason love across the country from uh, preseason magazines and projections. What about him makes him such an impact player on the line? Well, tough as nails, okay, and that's a key, key characteristic. Very, very strong, uh, great leadership, consistent work ethic, comes to work every day, ready to get stronger, bigger, faster, leads by example, by the way he practices, is a great person, uh, has a really strong personality to him in a positive way, cares about his teammates, um, just a lot of things that make him a good football player. And those things I talk about are what make you a good football player. Football is one of the, you know, thing I love about football is it's such a team sport. And so if you're not a good teammate, you're not going to get the things that Bobby's getting. And so that's a big part of what he brings to the table, Adrian. And, and uh, you know, just now he started for two years, so he's got two years of starts under his belt. And, uh, you know, he'll bring a lot of experience to us uh, with what he does. You know, so when you put him and Darta and Orzuri at that left tackle spot and Andrew Meyer right next to him, I think center, left guard, left tackle's got a chance to be pretty solid position for us. Coach, when you look at Jeremiah Byers, I know you mentioned him several times, but man, I just want to emphasize six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds on the offensive front. Uh, coming out of Austin, though, he wasn't really highly sought after and wasn't highly recruited. How did you guys get him? That's a good question. His offensive coordinator and I go way back when he was at Pflugerville High and. And it just was like when I, when uh, Remington Rebstock was his lead recruiter, and when Remy's like, Danny, come see this guy. They were running the veer, okay? So all he did was run block, all right? All he did was take two steps and run block. And there's and his film, you know, you couldn't see his athleticism. And so I, I just saw him, and I really trusted the OC there. And then when I went and watched him play basketball, I said, oh, my gosh, what in the world? Why is this kid, you know, why is it? Why hasn't he already committed to Texas or why hasn't he already committed to Oklahoma? First thing that crossed my mind, you know, when we were able to pull him out of there. So it's really a great story uh, about Jeremiah. And, you know, I'm not talking enough about Justin Mayers because they're so competitive. They're in the same class. They look the same. Justin Mayers, but Justin is playing the same spot as Bobby DeHaro right now. So, But Justin's got a chance to be really, really special too. So those are two of that young guys from that recruiting class that really look the part. When you look at them in their uniforms, they're pretty, pretty looking offensive linemen. Lastly, from my end, Coach, uh, now that you're getting back to summer workouts and everything, I I go back to last year, especially how you all started off, a lot of pre-snap penalties, and you cleaned it up by the end of the season, but what are you doing to reemphasize going against any of those pre-snap penalties on the offensive line? Great question, Adrian. Great question. You know what we're doing to reemphasize all that stuff? You know what we're doing? We're going to school. We're, we're We're doing all of our discipline and our program is so much better, okay? And those things happen in a program because 
the kids aren't disciplined enough to do things the way they're supposed to do it. And, and, and it's our job to make sure that they do, you know. And that, to me, I have a whole different feeling about the discipline of this football team coming up this year because it's not the nature of anything. You know, coming from Kansas State, we were always the most disciplined team, and we didn't do unforced errors. And so now that's the part. I mean, I sat in meetings last year, and I'm like, guys, we aren't there yet. I know it because we don't do things the way you're supposed to do them off the field. And I feel like we've made some gigantic steps that way, and that's a big part of turning the program around is how you handle yourself and all the little things that you do. So that's a roundabout answer, but to me it's the most important thing we're doing to clean up the issues. Of all the penalties that drive you crazy as a head coach, is, is delay of game the world's worst, especially when it happens coming off a timeout? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because people think it's just, uh, how could that ever happen? But it's crazy, you know, the time that you get off a timeout and what you, you know, it, it, a lot of it's just the line sprinting out, getting set, and then the quarterback having a great understanding of, okay, you know, you only have 25 right now, so you got to get up. Sometimes you got 30, 32, 33, you know, after a play, by the time they recycle. This time you got 25, you know what I mean? And so he, he's got to see. Uh, so a lot of it's the mechanics of hustling, getting out on the field, getting the linemen down so the quarterback can see the adjustments. And, uh, you know, that's why we do not go a rep in practice without our quarterback seeing the clock and signaling time out if the clock's running down. And um, a lot of that's the discipline of your quarterback, being able to see the situation. We have hurry, hurry calls cap where if we're running late, he just gives us a hurry, hurry or a jet call. And boom, that means we're up and we're on first sound, you know. And so there's things, mechanics, that, but it's all orchestrated by how fast you hustle out and how fast your quarterback gets you set. Because once they take the field, it's, all, it's, out, it's out of your coach's hands, you know. So those are the things you work on to eliminate things like that. And again, it's just discipline and doing things the right way. You know, I brought this up to you last season, and that is, you know, your two-minute offense has been effective. And at times, in this league especially, we see a lot of no huddle where teams right. will just go out, spread it out, and they'll just keep running play after play after play, trying to wear down that defense and, and get in the end zone. And when we've seen the Miners run that no huddle, you've had uh, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of success. The downside is if you go three and out, your defense gets right back on the field and you have the chance to wear right. them out. But I'm yeah. wondering, with, with an ultra-athletic offensive line, could you ultimately see yourself incorporating more uh, no huddle offense into the equation. I can, and I can see it as a change of pace for us more. The nice thing is, is that we practice it every day. Okay, and so that's probably why we're pretty good at it. Is we practice it every day. There's not a day that goes by that we don't practice that. And so the next step will be as we get more and more into the system is we will practice no huddle every day. And we did this. At K-State, we practiced. We never huddled in practice unless there was just a long, long play that we had. Now, we would huddle in games because for the reasons you said. We didn't want to put our defense out there and get the ball back to the, you know, we wanted to try to win games the way, you know, smart. Not, not put your defense in tough, tough situations and control the clock because it's hard for the other team to score if they don't have the ball, right? Philosophy. So, um, but we're, we're going to go to more and more as a change of pace, our two-minute offense. But uh, I think the reason we're so good is because we practice it every day. You know? So uh, with the style of offense we might have this year because of our personnel, 
it might behoove us to do more and more of the no huddle stuff. Is it safe to say, as we wrap things up with you this week or this afternoon, that um, offensive line is the most important position, uh, perhaps this whole season, realizing A, you have a loaded running back core, B, you have inexperience at the quarterbacks. So you need to protect the quarterbacks and and on the same level, open up the holes for the running game. So really, probably more emphasis than ever uh, is going to be on your O-line this year. Exactly, and that's why we were real excited about picking up these two late additions in Hubbard and Dunbar and the development of our young, talented freshmen uh, in Byers and and Mayers. Their development, the maturity of Darta Lee, Andrew Myers stepping up and doing some really big things for us. Those are some of the things that uh, are going to be really important for the success of our football team this year. Coach, terrific stuff today. We appreciate the conversation as always, and uh, look forward to having you back tomorrow at 5 o'clock and uh, doing it all over again. Okay. Cap, Adrian, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. UTEP head coach Dana Dimmel giving us the lowdown as we hit the bottom of the hour here on Sports Talk. Adrian's back. He's got an update for you. Sports Center next, and then final 30 minutes as we get you ready for the intersection coming up 6 o'clock tonight here on 600 CSPN El Paso.